Chapter Four of Historical Romance of the American Negro by Charles Fowler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Continuation and End of the Great Abolition Meeting at Buffalo. The determination of the slave holding oligarchy is to keep our persecuted race under a bushel both soul and body and to sit down on the top of that bushel for all coming time they are stone blind to the fact that they are sitting on the top of a bushel dynamite which will blow them sky high one of these days with terrible effect they have entirely forgotten that this world belongs to god and they and the devil between them have made up their minds to do as they please between bloodhounds and cowhides they think they will do very well my own firm belief is that a war is coming upon us that will carry mourning into every house in this great republic both north and south there are thousands and ten thousands of the very same opinion as myself the south will never surrender their peculiar institution if it were dogs cows or horses that they were called upon to give up they would cheerfully give them up for a fair price but the very old lad himself is in the business when it comes to claim property in men and women especially when those men and women happen to be better than themselves which is usually the case loud laughter and cheering all over the hall when a dog a horse or a cow runs away they will let it go but if it be a man or a woman they will pursue the fugitive over mountains lakes and rivers and even die in the attempt to bring them back to slavery if this rising storm shall end in a war the old lie that the black men will not fight will certainly be exploded for every slave will go to the field if necessary and their strong arms will knock down the peculiar institution great applause on my way down the mississippi to new orleans they brought an old colored man on board having sold him to a family resident in the queen city of the south i conversed much with that grand old hero and it was wonderful to see what an intuitive knowledge he had of human nature and what a vast amount of natural goodness there was still left in him after so much hard experience labor and toil among the canebrakes and cotton fields such a man as judah for that was his name ought to have been a bishop in the church of god instead of being reckoned among the bales and bundles and goods and chattels of the southern states if that good man who left such a deep impression on the hearts and minds of all christian people who conversed with him if he had been free according to the will of god and been educated like white men instead of being robbed and plundered of his rights he would have made a splendid bishop for i am perfectly positive that he had every qualification for that office in the highest degree that saintly man that judah should this very day be the right reverend and honored bishop among his brethren in a nation where all are free instead of being no more than a favored spaniel or ornament to grace the pride of some family in new orleans 
if that grand old man had only had the same opportunities that the white bishops have had he would at this hour be gracing the churches and halls of this nation the very same as white men do the day of judgment is at hand that will reverse all that on the same voyage down the mississippi to new orleans they brought on board a fair and beautiful creature of seventeen who like judah was also intended to grace a baronial hall in the queen city of the south a more attractive woman i have never seen anywhere it was pitiable to think of her future she was graceful in all her movements most handsome had a musical voice and was withal a splendid singer where she was born i cannot tell but they gave two thousand five hundred dollars for her the more i looked at poor julia the more mournful i became what a glorious ornament for society she would have been had she been free almost any honourable man would have been proud to make her his wife she could have led the choir in the house of god and could have sung with the minstrels before queen victoria and all the crowned heads of europe she might have been a bright and shining light in some way or other under the guiding hand of divine providence her life and times might have been written by some famous author and read by millions of people in this and other nations of the earth in this way we can go on to the end of the chapter our traducers and slanderers say that we are unfit for this that and the other thing which is a deliberate and wilful falsehood we are well qualified for everything that any other race upon earth is qualified to perform and that is the very reason why our maligners say we are not and they are even unwilling to give us the chance to try it is true and that a few of us are educated but very few we three that is myself and daughter and her husband were taught a little because we were favourably situated under mr jackson but the slaveholders as a general thing make a specialty of keeping us in the most complete ignorance and it is a crime for a slave to be taught to read write and cast accounts and it is also a crime for any man to be found teaching him but there is a better day coming and will soon be here only we will have to pass through a time of the most tremendous affliction before the better times arrive when by the predetermined will of god all men and women are free from the atlantic to the pacific and from the lakes to the gulf then indeed shall we arise and shine forth for our light will be come and the glory of the lord will be risen upon us then shall new schools and colleges be established all over the land into which our sons and daughters will crowd and they will also go to those which have been long established then shall our professional men and women go forth in their thousands and ten thousands and spread to lands and islands beyond the seas then shall our senators and representatives enter the halls of congress at washington and every state legislature our surgeons and physicians shall then ride forth precisely the same as their white brothers duly armed with the very same diplomas authorizing them to heal the sick and alleviate the ailments of those that are afflicted instead of wearing their lives away in the cane bricks the cotton fields and the rice swamp of the south as slaves they may labor all over the far extended lands as freemen toiling for themselves and their families at useful trades and lay money against a rainy day then shall children go forth in their hundreds and thousands to be trained like others for the duties of life and to become the ornaments of society 
then shall our afflicted sons and daughters sit no longer in the galleries of the churches of the lands as so many goods and chattels thrust away up into the corner but walk forth in freedom to the house of the lord on the sabbath day go forth in their thousands and tens of thousands to our most holy communion in all that liberty of soul and body wherein the lord has made us all free the time would fail for me to tell and for you to listen to all the good things that will come with freedom after every man woman and child now in slavery are at liberty when mrs sutherland had done speaking as above she resumed her seat amidst a scene of great enthusiasm indeed the whole audience was worked up to a pitch of great excitement the glee club now advanced to the front and gave us one of their best songs which was most heartily enjoyed by every person present the reverend chairman now rose to his feet and thus addressed the immense assembly ladies and gentlemen just think upon the glorious speech to which we have listened and the unanswerable arguments of the beautiful and accomplished speaker there are wonderful changes in store for this nation and the end is not yet i will now call upon mrs thomas lincoln of kentucky to address the house ladies and gentlemen mrs lincoln although this was my first appearance in public and though that mighty audience looked formidable enough to scare an african lion or royal indian tiger still my own mind was firmly made up to brook no failure and i proceeded to speak as follows my good christian friends of the north i bless and magnify the lord this famous night not only because i am permitted to address you but because i am even free it is very true that in yonder great slave land my lines fell to me in pleasant places but after all though i figured as the flower girl of riverside hall i was no more in the eyes of the peculiar institution ridiculously so called than a pampered and favoured greyhound with a gold chain around his neck loud laughter that golden chain marked me for a slave although it was my privilege upon grand occasions to become an ornament to grace my owner's triumph among his visitors just like any other fragile vase set upon a mantelpiece more laughter upon those grand occasions our masters used to bring out the finest wines richest fruits and rarest delicacies of the whole earth the land and the sea were ransacked to find dainties for the glorious lords and ladies of the south to set before their guests far more than the lords and dukes and barons of europe and asia ever even attempted to display at our grand banquets it was my duty to pour out the wine and assist in a general way in the dining-room as the necessity of the moment might require then nature has endowed me with a voice for music and as i am fond of singing i had to obey whenever i was bid by giving them some of our southern songs to the accompaniment of the grand piano and even play for the company whenever they wanted to dance loud applause from the young people but i am bound to confess that often in the midst of these grand pastimes when i deemed it prudent to look pleasant and even to smile sweetly for the purpose of concealing my real thought i was longing and praying for freedom and regarded myself as no more than that aforementioned chained greyhound among other greyhounds that were free cheers from the audience i could not forget that at that very hour 
there were good men and women of color down in the slave quarter dressed in little more than sackcloth stretching their weary limbs for the night upon their miserable beds after a miserable meal of coarse cornbread and a swallow of tea or coffee perfect dishwater besides other stuff not fit for a horse or a dog to feed on in the slave quarter there lay the best of men and women of whom this world is not worthy and here we were in the ballroom abandoned to the dance as if there were no suffering in the world much less not many yards away from the place where all our revelry was going on was it wonder then as my fingers flew over the piano that i internally prayed o oh my god lord set me free set me free and take me away from all this shallow and hollow mockery i had a tremendous presentiment which i could not keep down that the lord god almighty would yet visit the south for all this and give our great lords and masters on some near future day the field of battle whereon they could show off their talents instead of robbing and murdering the oppressed african and thus living at his expense oh my god it was too much great cheering i was still very young it was only spring when i was seventeen when the bishop and his wife were invited to our house they were to be our guests during a great religious gathering at louisville i felt a sudden inspiration to make a rush for liberty now or perhaps never besides slavery is so uncertain and as it is usually the unexpected thing that happens on their estates and plantations if you don't take time by the forelock when you can you may never have so good a chance again i will leave it to my kind and gallant tom to tell you how we got away because i think that was the luckiest day in my whole life unless indeed i consider also the day that my own dear mother and i sailed from new orleans on the columbia there are great days in the lives of individuals as well as in the lives of nations and i feel a heavenly presentiment in my own heart and soul that a great war is impending upon this nation and that almighty god will send it to set his people free we are the lord's own people and we pray to him every day he has promised many a time in his holy word to hear our prayers and he does hear our prayers and there are thousands and millions of prayers sent up to heaven every day to the throne of mercy that god would set the captives free the north and south between them may pass fugitive slave bills and plan and scheme to keep the curse of slavery going till the end of time if they like but at the same time this world belongs to the great lord of heaven and earth and he will hear all the prayers of the oppressed before much more time rolls over our heads for he is sure to set our people free i have been studying what i can to help on the good cause of emancipation abolitionism or by whatsoever name you may call it i mean in this campaign that is now raging and at fever heat all along the northern states and from ocean to ocean i am willing to do all i can to help the cause of the oppressed and terribly downtrodden slave i am willing to place my services at the command of the managing committee in these parts and to speak to play and to sing and do my best in every way for the good cause loud applause all over the hall fred douglas and william lord garrison and henry ward beecher and many others of the big guns will be coming around and perhaps even mrs harriet beecher stowe herself i think she at least ought to pay us a visit for if any free coloured person in the south is detected with her uncle tom's cabin in his possession that person may be sent to prison for twelve months 
now i myself managed to read uncle tom even in slavery so did my honoured mother and husband all here present before you and mr jackson our owner could have been fined so much apiece for us three had the state of kentucky been made aware of the fact loud ironical cheers and great laughter by the whole house in a campaign like this we must all put our shoulders to the wheel and give a long pull a strong pull and a pull all together and each and every one of us must do all we can to bring the abomination of slavery to an end there is a divinity that shapes our ends rough-hew them as we will such are the words of shakespeare we also are rough-hewing the cause of freedom for the slave the divinity of heaven will give the proper shape and finish to these ends of ours as i have myself already drunk so deeply of the fountain of liberty i think it is my bounden duty to do all i can to help on that good cause that lies so near all our hearts and yet i do not see that i can do much more when i have done my best than to aid in heaping more fuel upon the top of the fire now raging and thus assist in firing the northern heart other weak women besides me have worked wonders in forwarding the cause of freedom and god several of the greatest heroines of history are mentioned in both the old and new testament one of the very first who was mentioned is miriam who led forth the women with timbrels and with dances at the red sea for she commanded the people to praise the lord because he had done gloriously the horse and the rider he had cast into the sea then we come to the case of the brave and valiant deborah the most conspicuous of all the heroines of the bible for she led the jewish nation to the war and placed herself at the head of her volunteers on the mountains of israel so long as freedom and liberty are held sacred in this world so long shall the name of the victorious and intrepid deborah be ever green loud applause another famous heroine of history was boadicea the queen of the britons who placed herself at the head of her army and fought with the romans then we have the burning and shining example of joan d'arc who led on the armies of france and cleared that country of the english invaders nor must we forget the intrepidity and courage of her majesty elizabeth queen of england who placed herself at the head of her troops when her native isle was threatened with invasion by the spanish armada such women were each one of them worth a hundred thousand men not so much for what they could do in themselves but because they greatly assisted in firing the national heart and urging on the hosts of men to war now i am not saying that i myself will make a deborah a joan of arc or an elizabeth but there are already in this campaign several heroic american women who are doing yeoman service on behalf of the downtrodden and oppressed african and if they can do something in this good cause so can i loud shouts of yes yes so you can hurrah for mrs lincoln i am at least willing to do my best in talking and singing and in striking the dulcet chords of music and wherein i may happen to fall short others will atone for my deficiencies let the work go on let us lay the axe to the roots of this deadly and devilish upas tree let slavery be shaken to its lowest foundations and be driven into the gulf of mexico forward ye brave and even if war itself must come let it come and even we women will go to the field with the last exhortation i resumed my seat when the audience rose to their feet and cheered and almost made me blush at the results of my own small efforts when the excitement had abated and the audience was in readiness to hear the next speaker the rev dr henderson arose once more and said ladies and gentlemen 
after the eloquent and stirring address we have heard from the wife we shall now look forward with much pleasure to an address from that noble and gallant husband who safely piloted both himself and her out of slavery as we plainly see here before us to-night i beg to introduce to you mr thomas lincoln tom arose at once and as he advanced towards the footlights he pulled down his vest and cleared his throat in the masculine fashion the audience in the meanwhile cheering loudly after which he proceeded to speak as follows my right good christian friends it is with no small pleasure that i appear before you to-night to give you some of my sentiments veins and opinions on the coming war in this country sensation i firmly believe that a war is impending over us as i believe that there is a god of vengeance and of justice look at the millions and billions of money that the southern chivalry have piled up and they are piling it up still at the expense of the poor oppressed and enslaved african and shall a sinful nation indeed escape from blood-red crimes like these i am neither a prophet by profession nor the son of a prophet but even a child can understand that the funeral bell of slavery will be tolled before long and depend upon it ye young men both you and i will be called into the field and we will all be needed to pull down that most abominable and peculiar institution loud applause though neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet i affirm that a day is coming and is now on the home stretch indeed when you young men and i will not be permitted to stay at home and dally with the apron strings of our mothers and sweethearts but we will have to march to the field we will then make it manifest what we men of africa can dare and can do i shall be quite willing to go for one when the south in her frantic anger will secede i am willing to do all i can for my own country and if those who are soldiers themselves never come home we at least will clear the great national gangway for coming generations and the glories that are to follow loud cheers i suppose that some of our friends on the other side of the fence will begin to tell us here that the colored man will not fight and that there is neither pluck nor courage in him we shall certainly be told a hundred thousand times that there is no fighting in him and that he was never intended for anything but a docile slave such persons who say so have never read even the a b c of history for colored men fought quite as well as white men on many a hard-fought field both in the war of the revolution and in the war of eighteen twelve and what we did once and did well we can do again and do better and with a better motive too because we will be fighting for our own complete emancipation and to put an end once for all to slavery in the united states and purge the nation of a great crime loud applause throughout the hall i need not go back in history to prove the bravery of the african race for this is a well-known fact and the very school-books are full of it the bravery of the slave is one of the main reasons why the slaveholders make such stringent laws in attempting to perpetuate their iniquitous system they know our prowess and the risks they would run in the case of a general rising and therefore they exercise double caution in order to keep down even the slightest attempts at insurrection but for all that there is not the slightest doubt in my own mind that they will go out of the union as they have been promising us to do for the last fifty years if they cannot get their own way in all their plans schemes and calculations this slaveholding oligarchy have thrown the almighty overboard in every sacred right of the human race 
they have treated the wronged and oppressed african as if he had neither rights nor feelings and indeed as if he were not a human being at all but there is a day coming and it will soon be here when the great creator of the entire human race will call an imperative halt to all this and go into this war as we may we will come out with four millions of people who will be redeemed from the yoke and curse of southern bondage loud cheers i did not intend to make a lengthy address i only wished to point out that we are drifting into war and my own willingness to lend a hand to liberate the oppressed slave tom now resumed his seat amidst great applause the audience though taken by surprise by his speech were greatly delighted because of his willingness to go to the field the reverend chairman now called on the glee club to give us some more of their musical compositions and campaign songs these were given with a hearty good will so that the enthusiasm of the audience rose higher and higher the newspaper reporters were also kept busy and a good account of the proceedings of this very successful abolition meeting was found in several of the papers next morning and very extensively read before we scattered for the night the reverend dr henderson arose and made the following closing remarks to the audience ladies and gentlemen we have all listened to a rare treat this night just think of it the south calls these two ladies and this gentleman their goods and chattels and for the very life of me i do not see how a war can be avoided and then we shall know what their so-called goods and chattels will do when the storm shall burst upon us in all its fury no no i do not see how a war is to be avoided for the passions of both the north and the south are being worked up in precisely the same way as is usual in quarrels between individuals and no doubt but it will all end by coming to blows in a terrible conflict in the meantime it is our duty to keep agitating as never before it is a perfect outrage on humanity to hold in bondage such refined persons as these three here present to-night we must agitate this great question night and day till the sun of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings i now call for a vote of thanks to mrs john b sutherland and to mr and mrs thomas lincoln let three rousing cheers be given for them the audience rose to their feet gave three cheers and a tiger and the great demonstration came to an end, end of chapter four